Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We haven't necessarily made the right choices. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What is the issue with the Giants? The Rich Eisen Show. If Russell Wilson is available, he may not be. I I would pursue that. But I I think Brian Flores should be the head coach. Today's guests, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith. Comedian Jim Gaffigan. Actor Josh Gad. Cardinals defensive end J.J. Plus, actor Jack Quaid. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Okay, it's time for this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am fired up. I hope you are as well. I'm highly caffeinated, and I'm in a mood. I don't know why I woke up that way. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. What's going on? My man, what it do? Mike Del Tufo, good, good to, to see, see you, Rich. sir. T.J. Jefferson in his spot. In the corner. Nobody puts TJ in the corner. Well, and yet you did. But it's a great spot. <laughs> I dig it over here. Good I'm not going to see lie. It's, it's TJ's spot. <laughs> well, uh, have you lit the candle? What's going on? You got to light the candle. Yeah, I like the candle. The thing is, I'm a little low on the candle. I have to get a new one, but wait a second. Ah, there we go. There we go. go. It's lit. Candle's lit. Ambiance, folks. That's that's what we provide that other shows won't. I like it. Very good. What's Creek Candles? Hey, hey, hey. It may be Thursday. But in my mind, it's already Super Wild Card Weekend. Super, super Wild Card Weekend. Super. You know, and, and I'm sure again, uh, people here in people in in, in Los Angeles, uh, where we are, would much rather us talk about maybe the Rams taking on the Cardinals than whatever the Lakers are up to these days. Um, I'll tell you what they're up to. They're not. They're not losing. winning as much. What? LeBron's scoring thirty, and then they're still losing. Great. So, uh, okay. yeah, there's, there's, there's lots going on here in this town. And super wild card weekend, six games, three days. Six games, three days. Remember last year was the first super wild card weekend. He had three Saturday, three Sunday, and everyone's like, this is amazing. And, then the, and the NFL's like, you know what, we can actually extend this thing into Monday. And then the winner of this game, uh, Cardinals and the Rams, um, fascinatingly enough here, all right, um, they're going to have to, one would think, have to play on the Sunday of divisional playoff weekend, right? Like, you can't you can't stick one team on a Monday and then have them turn around and play their next game on the road on a Saturday, yeah. right? I mean, like, I, I'm assuming that's the case. And Fox has just one game this weekend. It's the Bucks taking on the Eagles. That's it, which just leads me to believe that you've got – the Packers sitting there in the late window on Sunday of divisional playoff weekend for Fox to have and just go deep into the night with their ratings. And uh, so if the 49ers win that game in Dallas or the Eagles win that game in Tampa, 
that that might mean I I'm I'm assuming um that might mean that whoever wins that game on on Monday night might have to turn around on a Saturday unless you get both games of in the NFC on a Sunday. Just throwing these things out there for everyone to think about because Green Bay is the team to beat in this tournament. They are the team to beat in this tournament. They have the team that's number one in their conference and home field advantage. They are the team with the possible back-to-back MVP award winner. They have the team that's got a terrific run game. They've got the team with the best receiver in the game who is basically connected like the Matrix to that back-to-back MVP quarterback. They have got a defense that is opportunistic. They have a defense that can actually pick things off and turn you over. Just see Rasul Douglas. And they're getting healthier. Zadarius Smith might be back. Jair Alexander expected to be back. David Bakhtiari's already back. Packers are the team to beat going in. That said, which game are you looking forward to the most on Super Wild Card Weekend? I have taken the time (laughs) to think deep and hard and long about it. It's what you do. And I have come up and I've ranked them six through one. Super. Wild card weekend. What is that from? Oh, that's Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. Super genius. Super genius. Genius. The Acme Company. Yes, indeed. We're going to blow this thing up. (laughs) Super wild card weekend. Mike Del Tufo, I want your finest Sam Spence NFL films. I'm going to start with the, the faster cuts. Go for it. There we go. Uh, the rambling man from Grambling. Okay. Now, I know I'm going to offend some people. Uh-oh. Hey, that's I, cool. Because don't I, offend me. I, I, but... There's six games, and I'm just I, I'm ranking them between how much I'm looking forward to them, how competitive I think they will be, and then just the, the, the history of the team surrounding each other. Okay. Number six on the list of wild card games I'm looking forward to the most is unbelievably involves the defending Super Bowl champions. Bucks versus Eagles. I know Philadelphia fans are all excited. Jalen Hurts in his first career playoff start against Tom Brady, who is, um, I checked it, uh, making his record one millionth start in the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing. The first snap of that one millionth start, uh, Mike Evans is going to take that football and give it to somebody in the front row. It's really weird how they're all planning on it. But I expect the Buccaneers to win this football game. The Eagles might make a nice run of it. And I know the word nice is potentially offensive to Philadelphia fans because they're in the playoffs. Nick Sirianni, first time coach in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts, first time quarterback in the playoffs. And uh, this one, I'm assuming, and I know what that means, is going to be the Buck day to kick off Super Wild Card Sunday. I'll still be settled in, but I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, I believe the Bucks will handle their business, and thus, that's why I'm putting it down the list here. That's number six. All right, changing to number five right here. You know, uh, ever since we started this whole uh, NFL Network thing, you know, and you got the first window of playoff weekend, you know, NBC had the games quite a bit. Tom Hammond was doing the call. Tom Remember Hammond. that one back oh, in the yeah. day? Oh, yeah. Tom Hammond would always have whoever the Texans were hosting. Or Bengals. Or whoever the Bengals were hosting. 
And you know what? It's kind of interesting that even though the Bengals have got Burrow and, and Chase and Mixon and they're high scoring, look who's got that first window on NBC. First up. And that's where I'm going with number five. I'm looking forward to this game, yes, because it is two teams that are hot coming in. Two teams that have quarterbacks that are making their first career playoff starts as well. Yes, don't forget the year that the Raiders made it with Jack Del Rio and Derek Carr was an MVP candidate all year long. He broke his leg. He didn't start that game. Joe Burrow versus Derek Carr to kick off Super Wild Card Weekend is number five on this list. It will be an entertaining game. I'm looking forward to that. I don't expect either of these teams to make the Super Bowl. And uh, I understand that may be offensive to some, but that's just the way I'm seeing it. I will be happy to be wrong for the Bengals and Raiders fan bases, but that's number five on my list. Wild card weekend game I'm looking forward to the most, number four. Now we're getting tough. Put up on the screen, Mr. Hoskins. Now we're getting tough. Steelers Chiefs, I'm going there. It's the it's the finale really? of Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend uh, period. I mean, then there's the Monday game. In Mahomes versus Big Ben. I mean, this is definitely the most decorated matchup. The only matchup of Super Wild Card Weekend where both quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl and all of that. And, you know, there's a lot of history going in here. But I must say, I, I'm not expecting it to be that highly competitive. And I know it's Big Ben's potential finale and all of that business. I'm hoping for NBC's sake and certainly for the NFL's sake that the finale of Super Wild Card Sunday, triple header, is a tight game. But the Chiefs should win this game. They should win this one. They should put the pedal to the metal on that Steelers defense and, and say, Big Ben, you try to keep point for point with Patrick Mahomes, who might just do to Big Ben what Brady did to Breeze last year, which is end his Hall of Fame career. That's number four on the list. Wild card weekend number three that I'm looking forward to the most. Now we're getting really into it here. It's the Monday night game. I'll be doing the uh, pregame and halftime of this game on Westwood One from SoFi Stadium, home of Super Bowl 56. Rams, Cardinals three. Kyler Murray's first career Mm. playoff start. Matthew Stafford did, in fact, get it done. Rams got him here. Get us to the playoffs again, Matthew. Check. Win the division for us, Matthew. Check. Win a playoff game for us? Question mark. As we know, he's never done that. First career playoff win for either of these quarterbacks. A division game. As you know, division games are blood sport. Number three, Arizona and the Rams have split each one. J.J. Watt is a guest later on in this program. I can't wait to see him back. He's back on the practice field. We expect to see him in this game on Monday Night Football. Can't wait for this one. That's number three. Wild card weekend game number two I'm looking forward to is the Saturday night game. Another division game, blood sport. It's Patriots at Bills. I can't wait for this one, man. Mac Jones' first career start. Josh Allen, when you look at the rest of the AFC playoff field, is kind of like an OG in terms of this. And he got his feet wet in that playoff game in Houston a couple years ago. Remember that one where Bills kind of got hosed in overtime on a penalty? And it was just a couple too, do too much moments for Josh Allen, who made it to the AFC Championship game last year. And 
Stefan Diggs is staring at the celebration of the Hunt Trophy being given out to the team that Lamar Hunt founded. You know, and he's staring at him and he's thinking, this is what I want for me. Well, this is game one and that push that rock up that same hill challenge for the Bills. And who's there in Bill Belichick, who they spanked in New England just a couple weeks ago. Matt Jones' first career playoff start. This is amazing. Last quarterback to start a playoff game for the New England Patriots is you know who. (laughs) Can he go on this run? We were talking about it when they won seven in a row. That this looks like 2001 all over again, where nobody expects it to happen. And problem is with that now, um, analogy is those Patriots in 01 finished up strong. This Patriots team lost three of their last four. And Jones didn't look very good. What's he going to look like? Here we go. Can't wait for this one. And then number one. Stupid. Wild card weekend game that I'm looking forward to the most. And I know this gives my man to my right all of the feels and all of that whole uh, cowboy thing of calling themselves the varsity. (laughs) But this is the playoffs. These are the Dallas Cowboys. This is the team that is called America's team, and I don't understand that because half of America kind of hates them. But there's nobody in between on the Dallas Cowboys. They either love them like TJ or hate them like everybody else who's not named TJ. (laughs) And this team is built for the now. Even though they're built for the future, it's built for the now. It's Dak's time now and Zeke's time now and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb's time now and Micah Parson and Tank Lawrence. It's time now. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. But look who's right in front of him. The San Francisco 49ers as the sixth seed, the Stout Niners, who got into the playoffs because Jimmy G pushed the ball down the field and matriculated it 88 yards in 61 seconds when he had 87 left on the clock to force overtime in which the Niners won and got in the tournament, and they are playing with stacks of house money. And all sorts of nasty physical players on both sides of the ball, including Debo Samuel. And of course, the catch and the 90s. Oh, baby. (laughs) Yeah. For those of my age and other ages and Mooch's age and everybody of all ages, settle in. Settle in for the 49ers at Dallas. A game remarkably on CBS. There you go. That game is for all that plus the biscuit. The Niners could one and done the Cowboys after all of this. And the Cowboys can win this game and maybe move on to Green Bay and set up another classic. That is going to be what the kids say led. And those are the two games that I'm looking forward to the most. You think we need one more? Oh, God. All right, we'll get one more. No, there, there are no more. You want to add two more teams? Yeah, I think we should add another couple teams. <laughs> We're going to add teams yeah, to the game? Oh, no, my God. Kind of Who would make that. it in the bonus? Who would be the next two teams? Well, what would that be? You'd have the Chargers, right? <laughs> so we're making an eight yeah, well, yeah, You'd yeah. have to, right? Oh, my or no, God. Or no, you you'd have one more in and then two buys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the Chargers would be in and the Saints <laughs> would be in, right? Yeah. 
Uh, we don't need one more. No. I don't think we do. But we said that about the seven, and then week 18 was insane, and now this is a super wild card weekend matchup. Super. Wild card weekend. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. What do you think? I mean, I think. What do you think? Did I? Did I? Did I? I, I was the Chiefs Steelers too no, low? No one is looking forward to Chiefs Steelers. No one, except Chiefs and Steelers fans. The Steelers shouldn't even be in. No one wants to watch the rotting carcass of Ben Roethlisberger in the freezing cold Kansas City temps try to walk up and down the field. Not interested. They're going to get blown out. And like, I would argue, and this is a super hot take. I would argue that Ben Roethlisberger would rather have had Sunday go how it did, a comeback win where he led a game-winning drive in overtime against his heated rival on the road, and that be his final game and his final NFL moment than getting blown out 35-10 to 10 in Kansas City getting in eliminated, Getting eliminated in his TV room? Yeah. On, 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 like, deep into Sunday night? Like, not interested. I don't know about that, brother. Never say never, but never. And that's why my retort to you are the three greatest words that the NFL always has front and center, unlike any other sport. Because there are people like Tom Brady and Kurt Warner, right? There are people like yeah. them. These are the three words. But what if? Yeah, I know. But what if Ben shows up and looks really spry? But what if they hand that ball off to Najee Harris and he has a game for the ages? But what if we see the Mahomes who threw interceptions all yeah. throughout the first two months? But Maybe. what if Tyreek Hill is not healthy? But what if... Their defense puts pressure on Mahomes up front. T.J. Watt has a game for the ages himself. But what if, sir? Small. It is still possible. It is is the beauty of the NFL and certainly the playoffs. No other sport can say, but what if? Because, you know, uh, yeah, okay. So Max Scherzer's not going to show up like previous years. Right. That might be the wrong example because he had the old dead arm in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? But what if th- those teams that fall down uh, in a three-one hole in, in the NBA Finals? <laughs> like, how how rare do you see yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you know, Draymond's, because, Draymond's not kicking anybody in the in the Westburgers. right. And 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 Kyrie's gonna can't can't do that moment at home for the moment. But, you because know. you know, regardless of what Ben's doing, Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. Yeah, bring you want to bring they're that. They're still going to be on that field, and they're going to be coming. You want to bring that same intensity tomorrow with I Cam Hayward? Should we play it. this back I tomorrow and Cam joins his first hour tomorrow? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Let's not play it back first. I think we should. Cam Hayward's first guest tomorrow. Yeah, I think we should. You know, and that's again, that's the beauty <laughs> of the NFL. It is an amazing organism that is a narrative generating machine. A narrative generating yeah, machine. The Raiders point. are a perfect example yeah, of but right. what if. And then Joe Burrow with his knee. But what if he can do X, Y, and Z? But what if Jamar Chase is the right pick? And he was, right? But what if, you know, Jalen Hurts runs through that defense because he, he can't be put on the turf by that front seven that was so terrific and leading the Bucks to the championship last year when Brady was struggling on offense, as he did in the second half of that NFC championship game and parts of the Super Bowl. But what if Jalen Hurts does do that? What if that running game can suddenly get some steam even though the Bucks are known for stopping the run? You know? 
I could do the but what if game for every single one of them, especially the one that you're saying has no shot. So you would reorder it. You'd say this that's sixth. Steelers Chiefs is six on your list. Yeah, that's the game I'm. Least, I don't know. I'm I just the Bucks in, and the. St- I, I think I think Tom Brady's going to show me. up. And, it's just I know. That's just me. That's your reordering. Yeah, that's what say me. everybody out there? Eight four four two zero four. Rich, we'll have a conversation. We're five wide today, man. Let's go. We have got uh, uh, two in studio guests. Two. One at the top of hour number two, the very funny Jimmy Jim Gaffigan is going to be here. We haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, and then Scream is back in theaters with the newest iteration. Jack Quaid is a star of Scream that I believe hits screens tonight at midnight. Tomorrow is the first full day of the release of the new Scream movie. Jack Quaid in studio. Josh Gad is in Peacock's Wolf Like Me. Um, and he is pissed about the Miami Dolphins right now. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk to him. Look who's our guest top of hour number three, the aforementioned J.J. Hey. Watt. But Michael Smith of Brother from Another joins us next. Always a terrific conversation with him as we take you to his and Michael Holly's show right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. We follow Dan Patrick every day. Michael Smith follows this commercial break. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, we are taking you to his show with Michael Holly, as we do every single day here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Brother from another's Michael Smith back here on the program. How you doing, Michael? I'm good. What's going on with y'all? Well, I don't know. Uh, what's on top of your mind today in the sports world? What what hits you? Uh, anything uh, in particular? That uh, I'll, I'll just uh, throw well, it up to you know, first. Rich, I'll, I'll pick it up where I think we left our conversation off 
last week? Last week, if uh, if memory serves, okay. Uh, we, you and I went back and forth about how the Kyrie situation would play out. Yep. And whether you you, you didn't think, if I recall, you didn't think he would ever get the vaccine, and, and this would come to a head. I I was optimistic that you know peer pressure or the stakes getting higher would would uh, have him you know, reverse course and, and meet the Nets halfway. They've already allowed him to be a role player, and he would come around and, and, and take the shot um, as, as he went through his process. But now, um, you know, there's talk that, you know, if the Nets so chose or so choose. They could pay a um, fine. Yeah, I saw that. The Daily News, they right? They could pay the fines. Right. And I just, I'm, I'm trying to process what those optics would be. Like, I'm good with it, and I'm as pro-vax as they come. I'm vaccinated, boosted. I, I'll get a second booster shot if I can. I think Kyrie long ago should have gotten the, the shot, not just in order to play, but because this was best for society in general, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. we don't have to unpack why he didn't. and he, it, it is what it is. But if the ordinance, the local ordinance, is as such where the fines are nominal, I would definitely play him and not worry about the optics. I don't think the optics of, of paying a fine so that Kyrie can play in New York is any worse than a, than 20,000 unmasked people who may or may not be boosted transmitting uh, a variant of a virus that we know does not discriminate, even though the effects are obviously different. I'm not trying to give a science class here, but we but does not discriminate in terms of vaccinated or unvaccinated in terms of who can catch it. So the science has continued to evolve. Um, there are plenty of NBA players who are not at the mercy of this ordinance. I don't think it would be a, a, a bad look for the Nets. I know some people do. Maybe you do. I don't think it would be a bad look for the Nets if it came down to it to just stomach the fine or, 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 or swallow the fine. Yeah, and, and again, you're just kind of, and Michael, you know, um, proving my point, which is this, is, this, our, this whole story will be about not Kyrie's choice. It's New York's choice. Mm-hmm. It's not Kyrie's choice. It's not about the fact that he refuses to. And I, I, my 10-year-old yesterday said to me, Michael, why isn't Kyrie getting the shot? Mm-hmm. And my answer to him is... And the children shall lead us. No, I, when he said, <laughs> he said, Dad, why won't Kyrie take the shot? And my answer to him was, I don't know. Right. I don't know. He is not making... It's just been all sorts of complete either avoidance of the subject, refusal to talk about it. With I don't like know what, if Kyrie really knows. Like, why, why, it's what he said, Dad, why won't he take the shot? And I said, I do not know. And mm-hmm. that, again, it's like, why aren't there articles about that? You know, the New York Daily News, I saw that article yesterday. Was it uh, Stefan Bondi or Ste- Yeah, yeah, Stefan Bondi. Yep. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so he wrote, and he, he, he wrote in the paragraph, a full paragraph about how, you know, it would be a bad look, and, you know, the mandate is the way it is in New York City, and he should take the shot and all that, but there shouldn't be a but. Like that's what the mandate is. There are there are no no hold on a second. There are some issues with the mandate. I totally understand. Like it's just like so anybody unvaccinated from another team can come in and play, but he can't. Anybody else who's in the building needs to test out. They can be there, but he can't. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. Okay, and so wait, so under under these rules. But let's just stay there. Let's just stay there. Okay. Those are the rules. Yeah. Right. And the fine for breaking those rules. Caps out at five thousand per day, correct? Which is ch- which is chump change for the exactly. Brooklyn Nets. Exactly. So if you want.
start to make it really prohibitive for Josiah, then make it five million. But since it's five thousand, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, but then so then what about then what happens with the rest of the businesses in New York that are willing to do that sort of thing for their employees, like say Fox News, right? Uh, I mean, let's just jump into it here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what if other businesses in New York say, you know what? We've got a few employees that are very, very important to us, and we would like to make some sort of a point as well. Yeah, what's five grand? That's it. Honestly, that's their that's their prerogative. Like if you look if you're looking for the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving to set your agenda, then you got other problems as far as I'm concerned. But no they, different than the idea of but that's Kyrie society. being a role model at this point. That's society. Right? If you're looking at Kyrie Irving for whether or not you should get the shot, if you if you are unvaccinated and you're holding out waiting to see if Kyrie gets it before you get it, then this we, I, I got nothing for you. All I'm saying is I think there is a but at this point because it is what it is when it comes to Kyrie. And Kyrie is going to do what Kyrie is going to do. But if I'm the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving makes me more of a championship contender than I am, I seriously consider optics be damned. I seriously consider whether or not it's worth it given the fact that there are so many inconsistencies and contradictions as it relates to this issue. And Rich, remember, you and I are on team vaccinated. We're on the same team here. But I'm just looking at it strictly from a business perspective when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think there is a but. If Kyrie is not going to take the shot, the same unvaccinated Kyrie is playing other places. This is a specific issue to New York or specific to the Bay Area and the Golden State Warriors or specific to Toronto and, and the Raptors. Other NBA players around the country have exemptions. So, so the same guy that's unvaccinated that can't play in New York just went in Chicago and played last night. So it's not, it's not a perfect system all the way around. And, yes, Kyrie Irving should have gotten a shot, in my opinion, in mm-hmm. your opinion, in a lot of people's opinion. But he doesn't care about that. That opinion isn't going to force him to take the, take the shot. In the meantime, in between time, if I'm the Nets, I'm like – and, and I'm sure they knew this already. I'm actually shocked they haven't explored it already. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. I you mean, honestly. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, look, this is the way everything's gone. And that's why I said it's no longer going to be about Kyrie's decision. It's going you, man, to be right? about the mandate. That's you what, and, and mandates in general, or this one in pick. That's what I said last week. And I think, um, you know. Michael Smith here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Let's let's you're talk about another. Exasperated by this? No, 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 no. Let's talk about. You know, I think some people are, might be exasperated by the uh, the virus talk and uh, you know coming into their sports world. So in that respect, uh, if you are if you are um, I don't know. Let's start with this one. Um, if you're Rob Palenka, you're thinking what right now about the Lakers? What are you thinking if you are the the architect of this team or uh have uh, had lebron you know assist in this process what are you thinking right now i'm thinking thank god for lebron i mean and where will we be without lebron and and hopefully more people talk about lebron and hopefully more people are like michael smith and are watching the lakers through the lens of a LeBron appreciation tour and not as a championship contender, even though that's blasphemous in Los Angeles, <laughs> even though the, that's all that matters in Los Angeles is championship or bust. Hopefully more people are just enjoying the show that 37-year-old LeBron in year 19 is putting on as he plays center, because if not for LeBron, where would we be? Because there is nowhere to go and there's nowhere to turn and there's no realistic solution because even in some – alternate 
universe, some multiverse, that somebody would actually trade for Russell Westbrook and his cumbersome contract. The dude couldn't hit the broad side of a barn right now, and so he has less than zero trade value. There are no realistic options to you know, truly make over this team. It's probably, in all likelihood, fatally flawed, and maybe we could just sell ourselves and our fan base on the hope that not only will LeBron keep up this remarkable, practically unprecedented play for somebody of his experience level, uh, but Anthony Davis will come back and avoid further fluke injury mm. and having two of the top ten players in the NBA will make us a difficult out in the playoffs and we can save face by maybe making it to the second round if we're lucky. Yeah, I know. That's not the way the Lakers normally operate though, right? Is uh nope. you know, come see come see the show. It's showtime and come see the championship team and you know, you have to look at the West and say, now that Lillard's gotten his uh ab- he's today is gonna have surgery on his abdomen, he's out for six to eight weeks. Last year the Blazers were a playoff team. They're out now. You know, and uh, the Clippers last year were that playoff team that purposely lost, right? So they could avoid facing the Suns. I don't think they're going to have any such benefit this year, right? Like that might be your playing game. Like your your State Farm playing game might be right there. The home that's, uh, pardon me, I almost said Staples. Crypto.com <laughs> might be the home of your State Farm playing game this year. Arena, crypto.com, oh, arena. My bad, sir. Yeah. Oh, my uh, the crypt, the crypt, the crypt. <laughs> You know, okay, like that, you know what I mean? Like that's not that's not what you know the Lakers are are supposed to be doing. And there is, you know, uh, some opportunity. But then you look at Memphis, right? And you mm-hmm. saw like Morant came in their building last night, and or a couple weeks, a couple of nights ago, literally flew. Like like he literally like he looked Morant when he blocked that ball the other oh, night. God. He looked like some of those you know uh acrobats that come in with trampolines during right. you know timeouts time entertainment you know what i mean like yeah. oh my god like th- that's that's the memphis future the right same, i got memphis on the same plane as uh as phoenix and golden state yeah, right now dude, what dude. i've seen what i saw without morant what i've seen with morant who they've beaten along the way you know the old adage especially in the nba is you got to go through it to get to it and you got experience you know a taste of the playoffs and playoff disappointment i mean look if you if you, if you forced me I'd still go with the Warriors based on their pedigree, uh, based yeah. on their star power. Now yeah. they got Clay back. Yeah, they do. Like, by the way, the team that's got thirty dubs, the Dubs, right? Mm-hmm. They they just got one of the greatest shooters in the history of the game back. You know, and he looks pretty yeah. spry. No, they're, they, they're still the favorites, but I, I'm saying I put Memphis in the contender category. Okay. Memphis isn't just a upstart, you know, spunky team. I think I think they're one of the three primary contenders in the Western Conference. And I, if you want to put Utah in that category, go ahead and put Utah in that category too. But, yeah, no, Memphis is legit. So, I mean, the Lakers are, are definitely going to probably be in play-in territory. But having said all of that, yes, having sir. said all of that, that whole word salad, right? Yes. It's like, <laughs> come playoff time, it's like, you're really trying to deal with LeBron James and maybe Anthony Davis? And if Russell Westbrook could just take care of the ball and make a few more shots – there's enough about this team. Like, I can't stand roller coasters. I cannot stand them. Some people like roller coasters. I do not like roller coasters. But there's enough about this team to make you keep getting on this ride. They're, they're, they're intriguing just enough to, to be relevant, if not a factor, early in the Western Conference playoffs. So Malik, the Lakers, that is. Malik Monk will keep their seven-seed hopes alive, you know, <laughs> while, while, while Melo gets healthy and then, the you know, like the basketball version of Cocoon. 
Does that make Anthony Davis Steve Gutenberg in that whole thing? I'm trying to figure out. Or Probably Brian Dennehy? Youngest. I don't, you know what I mean? Really good pull. I don't, a really good pull. I don't That's know. Good. You know what I mean? Like, this is not this is not Lakers conversation. It's just not. They, you didn't come see LeBron and then, you know, um, the Warriors have zoomed by him again. I mean, that's the way it is right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no move. There's no move coming up in the next couple of weeks. There's nothing there, you know, for that. I mean, like maybe they trade THT. I, you tell you tell me. Not that I could see. Not that it makes sense for me. Yeah. Not 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 in, not from you know my trade my personal trade machine. No, I don't see anything there. Speaking of moves, I thought we I thought you'd be jumping on the table about Cam Reddish. You're a Knicks guy, right? Oh no, uh, I'm kind uh, of ish ish. ish. Uh, okay, I mean I don't know. What are we getting? We're, we're, we're putting Duke together in Madison Square Garden? That There's only doing? one piece missing. Huh? There's only one piece Zion? missing. Zion? Yep. <laughs> Let's get it all together. You know, we can have, we can, I don't know. We have... You're joking, though. You're joking. Uh, How much time have we spent over the years talking about the one and two picks from that draft, Zion and now Ja? Look at R.J. Barrett. You know? Dude. like this, That dude's on the come up. Youngest Nick ever with back-to-back 30-point games. I told you he's got to be the star of this team. Not Randall, him. Randall is, you know, an outstanding, like, you know, lightning in a bottle type, uh, making the most finally of his career type stuff in New York City. We, we, we New Yorkers love that lunch pail type story, but Barrett's got to be the star of this team for them to start being put in the context of what you're putting Memphis in. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. That, he, that's what he's got to do. So, all right. So we get Zion there. What are you going to do? Should we get Billis to call the games? I mean, is that what we do? I mean, Walt's still there, obviously. Clyde's still the man. I don't know what we do. How many more Dukies can we it's get? That's a good move. All right. Uh, who's on your show today, Michael? What do you got for us? On, uh, uh, today uh, is Thursday, so that means uh, the homie Chris Sims is falling through. And uh, okay. Tom Habistro will come by to make us smarter on all things NBA. Okay, very good. You and uh, Michael Holly right after the show on NBC Sports on Peacock. Once again, greatly appreciate the time in the chat. You be well, sir. My pleasure. I tell your 10-year-old son I said hi. He's much smarter than the rest That's of what he said. I, honestly, <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, Michael, you know, where you, he just throws you the curveball. He just looks at you, and you're like, what's up? And, um, you know, and he's like, Dad, why, why won't Kyrie take the shot? I'm like, great question. You know, <laughs> great question. He's, uh, I, you know what I said to him? I'm like, son, he's trying to give voice to the voiceless. You know? Did you really say that? I did not. <laughs> I, hope you pick, I'm about to say, I hope you picked up on the sarcasm. I did not. I did not. <laughs> okay. Take care of yourself, Mike. Yeah, we'll you Thanks, fellas. See you, Mike. Smith. Right. Bye. Dude, wait till Cage starts saying stuff like that instead of saying more to uh, play cars again, you know? Uh, I put a cars ban in the house for like a few days. Life is a highway. So you I should mean, just get right on it, brother. It. I got to do it. He's too obsessed. He's too locked in. Like, I'm trying to leave yesterday morning. Is he morning, like a McQueen kid? Is he a Mater kid? Like, what has he got? What is he on right now? He likes Toe Mater. Toe Mater. And I'm just like, bye. And then I, and then I get, he's just like, and then I get right in his face to say goodbye. And he moves to the side so we can keep watching. <laughs> I'm like, bro, we got to turn this off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you know why when I have Larry the Cable Guy on years ago, I'm like, can you say something to my son? Yeah, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> It's like Olaf today with me. Oh. Mike, you're a 58-year-old man. 58. 55. 55. He's Sammy Hagar. That's what he drives. I'm eight in life, though. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, wait, I I can't wait. Should we ask Josh Gad, what's the oldest Olaf fan you've met? (laughs) 
sitting no, to my left. I, I, I don't know. Olaf. <laughs> How many Olaf items do you have in your in the condo and coffee uh, cup in Redondo? I have one in my car in in this car in the back. Okay, uh, sitting in the he cup has multiple holder. Multiple cars. Yes, and uh, one, two, a three foot one. So how many? What's how much grand total? Eight, ten. You're 55, right? Yeah, I love, Olaf's just a great, I mean, he's a good character. Well, single, you like you're to, single, single too, right? Mike and Mike, yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mike likes to give warm hugs as well. I do. Okay. I love warm hugs. Okay, let's uh, take a break and we'll come back. Your phone calls and uh, uh, there's an update on uh, on the Oscars. Bro. An update on that. Oh. Coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't believe this is the year that a seven beats two. I don't think so. But what if? <laughs> but what if? Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Uh, let's hop on it. Ben in Mississippi has been hanging on the longest. What's up, Ben? What's up, Ben? How you been? Richie, Richie, two high things. What's, What's up, going man? on, Ben? Two things for you. Number one. As far as the New York Giants are concerned, two of two out of three of their last successful coaches have New York, New Jersey ties. Okay. If you get what I'm putting down, there's a, I think Brooklyn's in New York. You would have a better, you know, yes, understanding. It is. And, um, Brian Flores is from Brooklyn. I ain't saying, but I'm saying. What are you saying? If you get what I'm putting down. No, no. What are you putting <laughs> so, down? So, you know, but that's not why I call. I called for my annual MVP question that I like to ask you. And that is and what? You and the crew. As you know, the last person to win MVP and the Super Bowl in the same season was your buddy Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Yes, Hasn't been done since 99, correct? Since 1999. Right. The MVP is probably going to be Ann Rogers, but Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is not going away in the night silently. So is this the year? that the MVP curse ends and that the winner of the MVP will be winning the MVP and host and hosting the Lombardi Trophy in the same. It sure looks like it because, and thanks to the call, Ben, interesting chat here. 
I'm I'm not assuming Rodgers is going to be the winner of this award for various reasons. One, uh, Brady had an incredible year. Did you see Arians said it shouldn't even be a contest, close contest? That's Arians being Arians. And, uh, but the and stats aren't close, and they have the same amount of the wins. Stats are there are tons of Rogers stats. The only stat Rogers is better in is interceptions and and wins. The same amount of wins. I, I, I what do you mean? His, what do you mean? Wins? His team, his They're team, the same. His, his team's one more, and that's his, the way it is too. His, sometimes, come on. There, this, there are some other the metrics too. I could send you a whole bunch of metrics that make it look like Rogers should win this thing going away, and the interceptions thing is a huge. I mean. It's insane how this guy does not throw interceptions. And if he throws an interception in the playoffs, it's going to look like a, a turd in a punch bowl. That's that's how. Doesn't throw interceptions because he's too conservative. I don't think he's too, He just doesn't. His accuracy is all world insane, and you know that too. Well, that's what I'm saying is there's definitely an argument here. And then you have one voter who's already outed himself as somebody who doesn't deserve a vote. I, I, I can't say it anymore about her, this fella from Chicago. And if there's more like him, that's one less vote, and you don't get to put multiple names down like other sports where the third-place finisher gets these points and second-place hey, finisher gets it. It's yeah. one name. You put in one name, and no. that is it. And there will be people that put the names of Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor down because they they, there is a total case Although the way that Taylor and the Colts finished might finish off his conversation as MVP. But Cooper Cup had an incredible year. An insane year. How good was his year is that... How good was it? That he's being talked about as an MVP candidate and the quarterback isn't. Normally, it's a quarterback award, as we all know. Yeah. But Cup is so good, and he blocks. He does it all. He is also a third-hour guest on tomorrow's program. He does it all. And he will get votes for the MVP. So it's not just split between Brady and Rodgers. It's a three-way split. And all you got to do is just have enough people vote for Cup or vote the way this fellow from Chicago says he's voting, and Rodgers is not winning this award. It's a split vote. Thing I can't believe, and this, you know, again, I was just new to the NFL because I did baseball mostly at at ESPN. The first year we were at a Super Bowl for the NFL Network, 2003 season. We're there in 2004 in Houston, and I interviewed the co-MVPs. It was a split. Manning and Steve McNair, right? Correct. Yeah. A split award. And, and, and I mean, if the voting was the same at the time, 25 and 25, like an actual landing on the head of a pin, sort of like almost Chargers Raiders, a tie. <laughs> but do you think it's time for them to change that? No it, question. The whole voting the should one, be changed. Two, three, yeah. And, and, and uh, I, more voters I will always sure. shoot everybody straight here. Definitely. More always voters. shoot everybody straight here. I don't have a vote. I'm not pleased about it. I'm not going to lie. I have been told multiple times by the very well-intentioned folks that run this award, that I'm an NFL employee, and thus the AP's um, the AP's standards and ethics will not allow somebody who works for the NFL to vote on an award that involves an NFL player or award for the NFL. And 
I, I have mentioned multiple times that I think that my career and the way that I conduct myself has shown my independence. <laughs> you know? Be that as it may. Well, that's just like if you work for a company, you can't win the, you know, a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter because we work for the show like that. I, I, look, man, all I'm saying, and then, and then, so I, 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 I think I've seen enough football. Well, look, forget about me. But I just want to make everyone understand that when I talk about why the voting needs to be changed, uh, I definitely have. Um, Terrier motives, sir? Well, no, no, I wouldn't say that. It's a, it's a personal thing with me, too. But professionally, just outside of it, even if I, if I had a vote, I'd be calling up saying, this guy is another guy who votes <laughs> like this? And I'm putting my name in it? And my, you know, reputation and brand and resume? Like that, really? Somebody's calling up saying, yeah, I think he's a jerk. And he's probably never met him. All he does is he sees what's going on in the Zoom. Also, I don't know. And, and by the way, when talking about personal, if I had somebody in that, you know, press conference room, certainly at a time where, you know, a variant was around where unvaccinated people were far more likely to give it to others than vaccinated people. And he was not wearing a mask, which made it seem like he was vaccinated as opposed to immunized, I would think that's a jerk move too. But I would never say that this guy doesn't deserve to be the MVP because of it. And then you should have more than one name. I mean, just make it a point system. Right. You know? Like the Heisman Trophy. Right. So if I had a vote right now, and I made it with Peter King too, I put... I was going back and forth between Rodgers and Brady. I put Brady because he's a 44-year-old guy doing this stuff with 5,000 yards and 40-some-odd touchdowns. It's insane. I'd go Brady, Rodgers, Cup. And then let the chips fall where they may with the number of points. And other people put it in there. And then let's have an, uh, a nomin- uh, right. an, uh, an award winner. And the nominees for – but I think those are going to be your three nominees for, for NFL Honors Night. Those are your three. Seems like it. Seems like it. Jim Gaffigan's in studio. Josh Gad on the phone. And you, hour two.